What's going on, sports family? It's your favorite two grown-ass men, Mike and Jamal, here talking sports with you like always. Good morning, Mike. Say what up to the sports family. What up, Jamal? What up, sports family? What's going on with you? Yes, sir. Let's get it, man. It's a time. It is time to get to another great episode. It is that time of year that all football fans love this fantasy football. Fantasy football is a joy to our souls. It brings out the inner beast in us, the inner most competitive nature of any man and any man and woman in football. So check this out. You guys know this. Me and Mike, we got history, not just with our friendship, but with fantasy football. We kill it. We kill it. We kill it. But when I tell you this, sports family, Mike and I, we've never played in the same fantasy football league in the whole time we've been friends, in the whole time the inception of fantasy football, never have played head-to-head. But somehow we find enough time and energy to talk shit amongst friends. So, Mike, I want to let you go ahead and kick this part off because I know you're going to throw some shade raid at me. What's up with your viewpoint on my fantasy football practices and techniques to win you a fantasy football championship? <laughs> well, First, first of all, um, it's us not being in the same league is probably why our friendship has lasted as long as it has to, to this point. Um, but we said we were going to put our, our friendship to the test this year. Um, you know, everything else is testing us this year. So we said we we're going to probably join the same league this year. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of questions about, about your skills, about your scouting, about your your coaching, some of the methods, you know, your protocol, safety measures, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I'm taking my organization in a different way, no longer consulting Mr. Jamal and his uh, lack of ex- expertise. And uh, it's, it's gonna, it should be a fun year. We'll see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, sports family, let me refresh you, kind of recap you. As the results of last year were very plentiful for Mr. Mike there. Okay, so as you guys remember and recall, uh, due to my protocols and my techniques of scouting and coaching, I was able to secure Mike that championship win. Yes, sir. I'm not pocket watching, but I can say to you, Mike won his league. Is that correct, Mike? I did win the league, um, but I would say I won the league with about 50% of at the end of the season roster, about half of the people that I actually uh, received guidance from you and drafted. So I don't know that I would give you that much credit, but go carry on. Well, you know, you know what they say in the game of sports and in the game of life, it's not how you start it's how you finish. So um, needless to say, sports, family, fantasy football owners, there's a certain method that you have to, uh, visualize before you ever get started. And you know what? You got to ask yourself this. Is this the year that I'm going to step out on the uh, ledge and pay in a, a paid league? You know what? Those paid leads can be the difference of a mortgage or not. So when we're talking about fantasy football this year, you got to ask yourself that question before you ever get started. Are you willing to invest that money this year? understanding that COVID-19 is going to impact your roster at some point. Mike, so I'm going to kick that question to you. What decision are you making in your league this year? Are you paying or are you not? 
I would prefer to not pay this year. Um, the finance guy and me, you know, kind of balancing the risk reward or what have you. Uh, I would, I would prefer to not pay. Um, Cheap bags. <laughs> because too, uh, I, 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 I think every season, uh, every sport this year is going to be an asterisk, and we'll be lucky to finish it. And the fact that they are not even doing the season in a bubble uh, makes me even more skeptical after seeing what's happening with Major League Baseball that uh, I don't think the, f- the season will finish um, or it will be shortened or teams will be greatly impacted, right? And so when I think about even drafting, uh, some of the strategies I would think about is I probably would try not to even draft two players from the same team because if a team has an outbreak and now they have to quarantine for two weeks or whatever, you know, that's uh, some serious fantasy points that could impact their team that you would have sitting on the bench um, until they came back. Um, and that, you know, that could p- potentially be the difference of you making or not making the playoffs in your fantasy league. So um, the other reason why I would prefer not to pay is because the circle of people that I have surrounded myself with um, and played fantasy football in the previous years, um, let's just, I won't call any names out, but there have been some very question uh, questionable actions by certain commissioners. And I don't have all the confidence in the world that if we have a problem in the season, I'm going to get my money back. And I don't want to make hour drives to go trying to chase somebody down and get my money back. So uh, I would prefer not to pay. How about you, Jamal? Oh, man, I love that, Mike. That's a good call out. See, that leads me to this. See, so my commissioner, we take this very serious. So um, our commissioner had um, reached out to us, you know, via text, via email and said, Hey guys, you know, it's that time of year, you know, the uh, traditional spill about fantasy football to get us all hyped. Well, this one was a little bit different. So what he asked is, Hey guys, how many of you guys still willing to play in this league? Our league is just a hundred dollars, but there's 12 of us. So you do the math. So everybody chimed in and said, yeah, great. We want to play. So, but what we have to do is establish some rules. So we're going to set up a zoom call that, uh, you know, we address some questions. Mike brought up a really good point prior to us recording was that, okay, at what point in the season, if let's say, you know, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, a Tom Brady and Gronk uh, get COVID-19, you know, at what point would you say, all right, okay, my, my team is finished. And how does that look for that, that commissioner, excuse me, that owner of that, those two players, you know, their season might be over at that point. So that's something that we have to work out, but we're going to identify that pre-draft because, you know, once we collect that money, that's our money. I want my money, man. That's what I want. Because this is my year, y'all. You know, this is my year. I say that every year, but that's the beauty about fantasy football is that nobody goes into fantasy football just like a regular football team and saying, we ain't going to (laughs) win. They might feel that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like you know, like Washington, the Washington football team, every one of them know that we ain't winning this year. So, Mike, how do you feel about that? Let's say you make the decision, and you know, you you do your risk analysis, and you say, okay, yeah, it's safe to play this year for for money. How do you? What's your mindset going into it? Like, how do you? Are are you confident? 
after you're drafted, yeah, I know what, I'm going to win this. No, nobody can be calm. It really is a crapshoot. Um, and quite honestly, I think you can feel good about your draft, but it will mean nothing because, again, in a full season where everybody, you know, is working with the same kind of parameters and health issues or whatever last year, I ended up winning the league with half of the people I drafted. So the draft really means kind of nothing. It sets a foundation, but the the bulk of winning a league comes from willing and dealing either in trades or the waiver wire or managing through injuries. And um, I think that's what's going to make it harder this time because um, it's already hard enough as a grown-ass man to be trying to do a bunch of waiver wires and stuff like that when you got a job during the week. You know what I'm saying? And so now you've got people that may be potentially trying to, you know, hit up the waiver wire to backfill somebody that got COVID-19 or backfill players that are on buys or even if your player maybe not ha- doesn't have COVID-19, but you're playing against a team that had an outbreak and that game gets canceled. That may impact your, you know, your roster. Um, so I think, you know, it, one of the big rules in the league this year is going to have to be expanded rosters or expanded um, injured reserves or something so that people can make concessions for if there's an outbreak and not have to release, you know, a first or second round pick that you had in your draft to make room in your roster. That's a good call out. Very good call out. You know what? Fantasy owners, like we, as a fantasy owner, you get very serious about your, your week to week matchups. And, you know, and, and see, and that's the cool thing about with fantasy football and fantasy sports in general. It's week to week, you know, so your 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 season almost resets itself from week to week. So with that being said, I'm looking at this like doing a deep dive in what are the protocols for the, the teams? Every all 32 teams, like are some teams more relaxed than others about certain protocols, and some teams are more stringent. And like just really tedious about testing and all these different things, so that may have play a factor into it. Man, this is crazy how we get so psyched up, and there's really a lot of um, methods behind the scenes that you have to apply. You know, even pre COVID nineteen, and Mike touched on something where it's just you know you're right. It's a you know the draft is a good foundation, um, but. Like they say, in order to build a house, you got to have a foundation. Without the foundation, you just got blocks. So, Mike, you touched on something. I want you to uh, bring this back up because all the sports family needs to hear this. It's, it has to do everything about fantasy owners and then actual owners. Mike, so I'm going to throw you that lob, and I want you to slam dunk it. Well, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, people, we get a little carried away, right? You know? I, I, you know, when I look at it and then see that I got a chance to win my league and potentially get, you know, some first place winnings that could, you know, almost equal somebody's mortgage or whatever or rent, you know, you, you go into the week and you're like, man, I got a big matchup this week. And, um, man, if I, if I really ran into uh, Saquon Barkley at the store, I, I tell him, hey, I need. I need you to come with it this week. I need 30 points this week, man. Don't, you know, don't, don't hurt my team, you know. And and people get all upset about it when Saquon twists an ankle. I remember last year, maybe a year before, 
he twisted, had a high ankle sprain in like the first or second game of the season. It was against my Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, and in that year, Saquon was like a one or two draft pick. And he missed like six weeks or whatever with that injury. You know what I mean? And how many people got so upset? Like, come on, Saquon, hurry up and come back, man. I need you and all this stuff. It's like, yo, it's, this is not how we should be living our life. You know what I mean? Like, I, we take this way too serious. We, we almost treat these people like they're not human or whatnot um, just because it's our fantasy team. And, I, you know, I was thinking, I'm hoping owners don't do the same thing. You know, the owners aren't, you know, catching these players in the grocery store. But, like, hey, man, you better bring it this week because, I'm, you know, my fantasy team is counting on you. But now I think about it, maybe they do that for their actual teams. You know what I mean? I could see – a Jerry Jones going to Amari Cooper and play, hey, man, you know, this team we playing got a weak secondary. So I've already told Jason Gary to make, let you eat. You better eat. You know what I'm saying? Or, <laughs> or going to Zeke and saying, Hey, we riding you this week. Don't let me down. You know? So maybe, maybe fantasy owners and real owners aren't all that different. Now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. They might have a secret society behind the scenes, of course, and they're like, you know, it, it's, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like, these, these are million, are billionaires in some, in a lot of cases. Um, and they're, they, you know, they're very revenue driven. And, you know, Mike brings up a very good point, you know, and it seems like every week we shit on the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really brings out uh, some some true light, shed some true light about some things, and and some somehow or another that these sports become such a big business that it negates the fact that we're dealing with human beings. And the person that I'm referring to is Trent Williams. Trent Williams almost lost his life because of some uh, shady practices and just inhumane, you know, protocols. This man uh, was battling uh, multiple infections. He had staph infection. Long story short, thank God uh, and through the grace of God, he is well and okay and is a San Francisco 49er. So shout out to Trent Williams. Um, I'm so glad that you're on a winning team now because you are a winner. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 sad. it's really sad and it's a shame that uh, somehow or another we – put the business before the business of protecting lives and safety. Yeah. Agreed. So sports family. So check this out. You know, we've reached that point in time where we talk about something called it's bigger than sports. What's bigger than sports for me is the, the safety and, and the security of our teachers. Um, you know, there has been a lot of teachers going on record um, that are out there protesting and, and, you know, their ability to not only feed their family, but protect their lives. Um, you've seen a lot of signs that teachers have been wearing during their, their strikes and saying, I can't teach from a grade. And, you know, these teachers are the foundation of our society. They're the foundation of bringing our kids up into the world and, you know, really creating a foundation of learning for them. Without our teachers, a lot of us would be lost. So I wanted to let everybody know what's bigger than sports for me is the safety and security of our teachers. Whatever decision that they choose to make is their decision. 
because let's not forget, they have a family to protect too as well. So I want to give a shout out, a special shout out to all the teachers, all our former teachers that taught me and Mike and all the future teachers, uh, because they are truly the foundation of our world. So please protect yourself and we respect whatever decision that you make. God bless you. For real, for real. Good call out. Good call out. For me, um, I'm going to kind of go, it's bigger than sports. And what it is, is money is bigger than sports. And so for a while, money was the reason we believe um, a lot of people were trying to have sports come back. Some of these leagues, some of these owners, um, some of these institutions, college institutions, and um, I personally believe that money is going to be the reason why we don't have college football or some of the college sports um, this fall and maybe even in the spring. And here's why. Um, most universities uh, or all the universities re receive certain protocols and guidelines that they are going to follow to keep players safe, um, to make sure that they can have a season. Um, but make sure from a health perspective, the risk is very minimal. Um, and on paper, they seem, they seem to be pretty good guidelines. Like you follow those guidelines, you keep, you continue to get tested and things like that. You know, you know, they can stay on top of it and they've got some of the best trainers and physicians and everything in the world for most of these universities. Um, what we're finding is, is what is actually taking place does not equal what was on paper. So some most universities said they were going to test players every week. Um, some players are now coming out from various universities on social media saying they have not been tested every week. Um, there has been um, players that have come up positive of COVID since uh, their fall camp has started. Um, and some of them get announced. Some of them don't get announced. Some players just mysteriously now have to sit out of practice for 10 to 14 days. And there's no real uh, announcement of what's going on or who they were around and or even how that's affecting fall camp. If you have someone in a position group that has it and then the whole position group now has to be uh, quarantined because they were all in meetings together. They were all training together, all those things. So. I think you're going to find that universities are going to step back and do another risk reward analysis. And they're going to see that, okay, are we opening ourselves up for potential lawsuits that could ultimately end up crippling some of these state universities and these schools? Um, and my guess is they will step back and say, you know what? If so-and-so has complications four years down the road from this and comes back, and sues us and we can, you know, we can say it was voluntary all we want. We can say we tested all they want, but if they can, if they can show proof that, Hey, you tested me in first week of July and then you didn't test me again until second week of August or whatever it is, that's blatant against what the protocol you said you were going to do to keep these kids safe. And I can guarantee you parents are going to lawyer up and it's going to be bigger than sports. So you're going to have a problem where you may not even be able to keep your institution open if you start receiving clash action suits from players from your school so um for me it's bigger than sports it is going to be people are going to have to step back and say 
how much do I love my money? And is my money more important than having this sport start? Versus then a month ago where they said, hey, my money is so important. I need this sport, you know, sport to start. So it's bigger than sports, but apparently it's still all about the money. Damn, must be the money. Man, good shit, Mike. So, hey, sports family, hey, we hope you're safe. Guard yourself. Be guarded. Take care of your loved ones. Hug each other. Tell each other you love them. So, sports family, we'll holler at you next weekend. Peace. We out. Peace.